You're listening to We're Both Right, episode four, brought to you the week of July 10th, 2019, with your hosts, James and Jennifer Kennison. Today, we're talking about being 29 and single and what to do when you're surrounded by people, but you still feel alone. Hi, how you doing, folks? My name is James, and my wife is here. Hello, I'm Jennifer. And we are here to answer your questions and give advice and things like that. So I hope you're ready for it. Uh, I'm ready. It's my wife's birthday today. Yay, I'm 29 again. 29, so many times, like 43 times. What? No, no, that would make me like 60-something. Oh, okay. Well, you don't have to share your real age. Nobody is expecting that, but... To just flat out lie. Oh my gosh. How, how do you know I'm not 29? How are we supposed to give information and, and advice to people when you're just going to just flat out start the show off with a big fat lie? I am 29 again. Yeah. Uh, with, with no indication to how many times I've been 29. Okay. <laughs> That's not a lie. Not, not, it's, a, it it's doesn't a, work that way. It's a funny joke. It's a funny joke. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of funny jokes, this, the information, opinions, and recommendations presented on this podcast are for entertainment purposes only. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. The advice and opinions of this podcast should not be considered professional advice. You get the point? It's just a show, and we give you our advice and our opinions. And, uh, and we always would recommend it. seeking a true professional. Absolutely. We, we are not counselors. No, no, no. We just have opinions and we have a good marriage and uh, we got some good ideas about stuff. So speaking of which, uh, this one's called 29 and Single. It comes to us from Peter. Hi, James and Jen. I grew up with the assumption that I would marry young. I saw positive role models in several couples and loved their interactions and how they complimented each other. Then I made attempts at friendships and found it more difficult to go further. I guess I learned you can only grow these relationships with a lot of communication and vulnerability. Now I'm turning 29 at the end of the month and I'm not currently super eager to develop a deep relationship. I'm open to it though. I am leaving my, am I leaving myself in danger of staying single too long? I've known several men and women who have been and plan to be single for life. I am hoping to adopt or foster children but wonder how that will work as a single dude. I don't want to seek marriage with only that in mind, but I I have more of a chance. Uh, do I have more of a chance to get those opportunities if I marry? Raising children would be amazing. I used to be hung on the idea of my own kids, but I'm seeing such need in some children. I want to be available to help them. I value your thoughts. Thanks for the show. You have good chemistry as hosts. Yours truly, Peter. Well, I hope we do. Yeah, since we're married, we should have good chemistry. Yeah, it, it does help. Um, I see several issues all smushed together. Yes, I agree. Um, first of all, you can never be too old and single. What does that mean? Meaning, he says, "Am I worried? Am I am I leaving myself in being danger of being single too long?" There's no such thing as being single too long. No, but I. There's always a chance. Well, yeah, I mean, people get married in their 80s. That's what I'm saying. But uh, there is the dynamic of when you're in your 20s, especially early 20s, when you're in college, um, most people aren't married. You're, you're, you have, you're 
accessing a large pool of people, like say you're in college, everybody's your age, they're all probably looking to settle down at some point, you know, there's a lot of choices out there, I should say. Okay. You get older and you have less, it's it's more difficult to meet probably a wider variety of people your age. Okay. So your, your choices, I, I think they tend to, you know, get smaller. I think it's probably a little more work to find somebody when you're older. I got you. I don't think that means it. Like, but don't you think it would be a little more organic, though? Probably. You know, it's it's weird because we started dating when I was 16. Yeah, so we got no advice for you, man. And I got married when I was 20. You were 23 or almost 20. Um, so we never lived... I mean, especially me starting, you know, dating you at 16, never really. Like, yeah, yeah, we were never single. We, I never had to think, am I going to, uh, you know, marry marry young? Actually, I didn't want to marry young, but um, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I don't think you can. Well, I would say, and this is probably the second thing you were going to lead into, is you really can't get married or you can't go around thinking I need to hurry up and get married because I might miss out on something. Cause I think that's a bad reason to get married. Yeah. Like, I think you need to get married cause you found the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, not because you want something extra. Like some people get married cause they want kids, which is fine. But if your marriage is not strong, you're, you know, you end up you end up making kids that have needs instead of meeting the needs of kids. Getting married for any other reason other than true love and commitment and, and companionship and companionship and, and, and you know being able to get along for more than five seconds. Uh, you know it, 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 it's marriage is difficult under perfect circumstances, but if you force it, if you try to do it for some reason, um, you're going to regret that. And so that's why that's the heart behind me saying you can never be single too long because you can definitely get married too early. Yeah. And too early can be at any age. You can be 45 and still get married too early if you're marrying for the wrong reason. Um, I hear in your heart that um, you're not necessarily looking for a deep relationship, but yet you're possibly looking to get married to facilitate this dream of having uh, foster kids or adopted kids. And I would urge you definitely not to uh, mix these two desires together. If you're not looking for a deep relationship, then you're not looking to get married. And you definitely don't need to be looking to get married just to facilitate, you know, this dream of working with kids. There are more ways to work with kids than just to foster I personally wouldn't suggest a single parent fostering or, or adopting kids because unless you have, uh, uh, unless you're independently wealthy, it means you're going to be working and these kids are going to be spending a significant amount of time between the end of school and, and you're, uh, you getting home. They're, they're going to be alone. And, and the other part there is, you know, when you do have kids or you adopt kids or you foster kids, you learn, you know, when you care very deeply about these children that you want to provide them everything you think they need and you're already setting them up in a, in a, you know, such a home situation where they don't, 
have both parents and, and that just makes it more difficult. I mean, I'm fully aware there's plenty of kids out there that like one parent's definitely better than no parents. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd, but, I'd but, but the very, ideal situation is yes. to have both. And I'll tell you why, because parents balance each other out. You tend to attract someone that yes, it, you're, you're attracted to, but you are opposite from in so many ways. And those opposites, uh, are actually compliments to each other. One of you may be high strung and the other one's a little laid back and you just get all over each other's nerves because of that. But your child gets a balanced uh, life because one of them would just stress them out all the time. The other one wouldn't even make them take baths. So somewhere in the middle, the kid gets a, a good balanced experience because he has the impact and the influence of both uh, extreme parts of, of, of the parent. Um, but what I was going to urge you to do is consider some sort of outreach or ministry that helps children that doesn't involve you needing to get married. Um, find a place, whether through a church or a charity, and get connected in and get in the business of helping people to connect with kids. Um and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Uh, not only are, are you giving someone else something that you can't have right now, which is a huge sacrifice and I believe is blessed by God. Things like that are just things he likes. Um, but also you will put yourself inside of a community of people that are like you. And you might have a chance of meeting someone in that world. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that the idea of marrying and all that, it, you know, in a relationship and, and, and what you want to do, you know, could just stem from the fact that you haven't found the right person. You haven't found the person that shares your passions. And like you said, I mean, it's getting married wouldn't seem like a chore or a means to an end if you found somebody who also thought, you know, really wanted to foster kids or really wanted to adopt kids. Like you're saying, if you're in that community, you know, the two of you together would have that shared passion and shared interest. And, and, you know, it would be an amazing thing for the kids and for you. And, so, and another option is marry a single mom. That is true. You know, you get kids automatically <laughs> and it's an instant family and it's got a whole set of troubles of its own, but, and, Another thing I, I would throw out there is maybe the um, the fostering the kids and all that. Like, is this an idea? Is it something that, that sounds like a good idea? Or is it something that you've actually kind of pursued or had experience with and all that? Because I've seen that before where people like, it sounds great. Yeah. It, but then there's a lot of realities to it that you maybe aren't considering. So, For like instance, if, the kids aren't grateful. Yeah. Oftentimes they are very troubled and they hate you. And they ha they have a lot of difficulties. And they won't let you in. Uh, none of these are reasons not to do it. Matter of fact, they're the reasons why these kids need help. But um, I mean, we've had family members in, in or very close to us that have gotten into the foster care system and were really uh, taken aback by the realities yeah. of, of, of it and how hard it really was. And, um, so you don't, I, nobody's going to try to tell you not to foster, but we are going to say, and I bet the people that would, uh, you know, uh, that you would talk to, to get involved in such a thing would warn you and say, look, don't have this pie in the sky 
attitude of, of kids frolicking around your house, just being in love with the fact that you wanted them in their house. Um, these are kids that are troubled and they, and they need somebody that's prepared to handle them where they're at and love them where they're at. And, uh, you know, so just, just be aware. Yeah. And, and that's another lead in. I, I think you mentioned getting involved in the organizations. I would even say get involved with kids, you know, who, who need uh, parent role models that are in the foster system or, or, you know, kids in need in general, and just kind of get to understand that world and really what you're getting into. Because I know prior to having children, you know, I'm the person sitting in the back of the plane annoyed that they, you know, somebody can't shut their baby up. Yeah. Well, then after having children, you learn that there's no way in the in the world outside of a tranquilizer that you can shut that baby up when you're on a plane and they're miserable. So, I mean, it just gives you a different perspective and helps you understand what are you really looking for. And I think you'd be fulfilled just, you know, pursuing some of that stuff. Well, and I've told people before, the right person is on the right road. And you have to be on the right road to get to the right person. And making sure you're the person that you need to be to attract the kind of person you want is key. And putting yourself in the situation that you need to be in to, to, to see these kind of people is also important. And so check your life, uh, check your hobbies and where you spend your time. Uh, for instance, you're not going to meet a lot of people playing world of Warcraft or Minecraft on, on the internet um, or, or voice chatting or whatever. Uh, but volunteering, uh, joining a church or a community, um, you know, getting your, your heart right with God and seeking, uh, his will and his, his passions for you. Uh, that, that is in my opinion, the, the best thing you can do to make sure that you live a fulfilled life is, and if, uh, if I may be pastor for just a second, if, if it's God's plan for you and he's put this in your heart, um, then it's not for nothing. Uh, but patience is a virtue and, and you need to make sure that you don't try to make something happen. A lot of people think God moves fast, but in my opinion, he moves very, very slowly. And I see people, they jump on bandwagons and they, 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 wear the bracelets and the t-shirts and, and spend the money for the conferences. And then the, the, the mood passes and the revival ends and the whole thing's over and they come off damaged, almost like a train that went by at 90 miles an hour. And they just tried to jump on with all their luggage. And, and now they're dragging it back to the station and the next train's coming raw and they jump on that one. And, you know, and they just keep hurting themselves and, 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 and end up with more and more baggage just to make the analogy work. Uh, but God moves very slowly and he moves in his own time. And, uh, the, the way the right person's on the right path. And for me in my house, the right path is the one that God would have for you. And, um, there's, you know, we could talk about that on a separate podcast or not or a separate episode uh, with follow-up questions. I don't want to get too deep into, um, God's will. Cause that could be an entire sermon instead of a podcast. But, uh, you know, in, if you're a religious person, I do urge you to uh, commit this to prayer and to God. And if you're not a religious person, I would have you consider uh, your creator and, and his place 
in all of this uh and and what 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 is it about your heart that what what part of it is is the one that wants to to give rather than to receive that's a huge thing you know you're you're not wanting to get married uh for you you're wanting to do it to help others that's commendable uh unfortunately marriage you know it it, it needs more than just a one-sided you know uh commitment so well yeah i mean it's not fair to the person you marry if you do it for a reason besides the fact them. that you want to be with them yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, so. i would say that for any you know any marriage situation it's like that's got to be your primary yeah so um i don't know you know uh obviously we're just people talking if you need to talk to a counselor i would definitely suggest it run it past some people, some family, some friends, find out what's going on, have people give you honest feedback. Is it some, you know, are, are you, uh, you know, what, what is, what is it that is, um, that you really need out of life? Is it marriage? It may not be. Um, is there ways that you can get on the right road, so to speak, and, and help kids where you're at right now? I'll give you an example of that. I had a lady and uh, she wanted to do something really big ministry wise mm-hmm. you know, with kids. And, and I said, you know, um, but she says, I'm, I'm, I, I, I was offered a position doing this and I don't remember what the positions were, but I remember it was very low on the totem pole. It was a starting entry level ministry type position, mm-hmm. unpaid volunteer. And she said, no, I'm waiting for, and then she stated whatever the big thing she wanted to yeah. do. And I looked at her like she was crazy because I'm like, don't you realize the path to that big thing is, is struggling and volunteering and getting your hands dirty at that low end entry level. That's, that's what's going to be rewarded. That's what God's going to look at and say, okay, great. I can now bless that. When you plant a seed, you you have to plant a seed before you get a crop. And, um, if you're not planting seeds, nothing can grow and nothing's going to change about your life. So what seeds could you be planting in your life right now that would result in the life that you want, uh, in the future? Um, so that's, that's all I have. Do you have anything? Um, just to put on a little bit with that of just, you know, if you get in that world, if you're working with people who are helping kids in one way, shape or form, that probably will lead to opportunities that do make sense. You know, you, you make, you know, even taking the marriage, you know, a, a spouse out of it, you form a relationship with a kid, you're in this kid's life on a regular basis, and then it's almost natural for you to foster right. and or adopt. But there's such a big difference between something like that versus you just sign the papers because you you really could do this. You go through the classes, you sign the papers, you're suddenly a foster kid and you're stuck with this kid and you have no idea what to do with it, with him or her, not it. And you have you don't even have a spouse to look to of like, what the heck am I supposed to right. I mean, you know, even as brand new parents with your own biological children. You don't know what you're doing. You bring time. this screaming baby home from the hospital and you just stare at each other like, I don't know what's wrong with her, but she keeps crying. <laughs> you know, it's like it, it's it's a hard, hard, hard work to raise kids under any circumstances. Yeah. So it helps so much if if you can 
you know, if you have, if you have the ideal situation Mm -hmm. that you're bringing that into. So yeah, I hope that helps. I I do, Peter. Uh, I feel your pain and I feel your worry. Um, but, uh, I believe that, uh, especially as a believer myself, I, I just know that God has a plan for my life and that takes a lot of the fear away that I know if I'm walking down the path that he would have me walk down. If I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing, I'm living the way I'm supposed to be living. I know that his will is down that path and the things he wants for me are down that path. When I stray, when I try to do things my own way, when I try to make my own decisions and do what's best, what I think is best, that's when I get off track and I have to end up making up for lost time later on, trying to get ahead, trying to get where I was supposed to be all along. So um, be patient, uh, be kind, be involved, get, 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 put yourself in that, in that position. Um, And I think it'll be a good thing for you. And I'll say, um, since it is my birthday, for someone who (laughs) who has now turned 29, um, I think 13 times, um, being 29 the first time is not very old. So you have a lot of life ahead of you. You have no idea how young 29 is until you start getting middle-aged like us. Yeah, you seriously do. You've got at least 10 more years before you can call yourself old. Even biologically, you can have kids for quite well. Man, man can have them forever, or they can be a part of the process. But um, you know, you're still way young, yeah, way young. So yeah, we didn't even have our first kid till I was 28. So and and just marry a young girl, you know, <laughs> then you're good. And and I'm and when I say girl, I mean 20, 21, 22. You know, you could be 35 and marry a 25 year old. You got so many options, man. I'm telling you. Secretly, this is just man talk right now. Nah, the no. women aren't in the room. We're uh, just talking. I'm here. You could get you could get nope, a, a, nope. a nice lady. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> All right, this one I'm calling "Surrounded but Not Alone" from Steve. He says, "Lately, I have been feeling as if I'm alone, even when I know I'm not. I know that I have my family and my wife, and especially God looking over me, but I still have feelings of, I guess, abandonment. I think these feelings have sprung from recent events in my life." that I don't know the cause of thought you could give some helpful support or something say something about this. So we've got a fellow who knows he's not alone, but definitely feels abandoned. So I'll, I'll start with this. I mean, we're, we're at a little bit of a, a um, disadvantage. Wanted, disadvantage. Yes. Thank you. Because we have no idea what he, he's saying about recent events. Um, that could be the cause of, because he could be feeling very alone because of something that happened that's not that unusual. But I will say that, um, you know, when you're going through something that's that's a big deal, you know, or, or you're going through, say, a tragedy, um, you know, you're going through a difficult situation, you know, even in terms of like, you know, you, you have a sick child or, you know, something like that, you really, in a lot of ways, you are alone. And you're alone because you feel all this pain and you're struggling through. And really, no people can take the pain or difficulty away. Like, like I felt like this at different points in my life where it's like, I'm so miserable because nobody else is going through quite what I'm going through. Mm. And it's not that you're physically alone or even that people don't understand, but it's like, 
you you don't have even if someone next to you would be going through the same pain it's kind of like if you i don't know well pain pain is so unique to each of us it's so personal and it does that's part of struggle and and life issues is that it tries to alienate you and get you to feel alone even when you're not depression does it exactly and and to me this is what i'm hearing here is there's there's medical depression where you have uh dna uh, that just says you know what your brain's not going to create serotonin and then there's situational depression which is may, which is what my guess would be he's experiencing if there's been recent events in his life um it, it's stressing it's uh causing anguish and hurt and pain and it's depleting his serotonin levels and he's feeling just a general sense of loss of uh, abandonment of um of doom like like maybe things just aren't going to be right for a while and like you said at the very beginning that's very normal it's very normal to feel those things and i think that's a great insight that the the struggle does isolate you it does and and no and one thing you know cuz i've been through the at least parts of that struggle especially the situational depression where yeah you you're just in pain and nobody can really take that away like and and even you know like he even mentioned god looking over him and you know some people have said that oh we'll just pray just do this and and you won't feel that way and i i still think we suffer as humans yeah, yeah. i i don't think you know i think god is always there for us i i will never say that he is not but it doesn't always feel like he is right i, I think everybody goes so i mean even even jesus suffered in the bible i mean he cried he he felt all the emotions and he knew god was there he knew everything he knew how everything was going to turn out and he still suffered and he was alone and he was alone a lot praying praying alone in that instance in the garden yeah uh he couldn't even get people to stay up an hour with him and pray uh so it's yeah it's interesting that even god knows what it's like but in in his case I would say, you know, one, if it is something that's happened, talk about it with somebody. Yes, yes. Just talk share about it, it, deal with it, um, face it, share it, what, whatever it takes. And, you know, if it re- truly is depression, if that's, you know, like, like we said, we're kind of at a disadvantage. We don't really know what's going on. But, I mean, there is medicine to help you through these situational even, depression. Even if, yeah, even if it's just temporary. Um, but short of that, uh, talk to the people that you are surrounded by, let them know how you feel, tell them how you need to be loved in, in, and, and how that they can help you. Don't wait for them to guess or to try to figure it out or, or, and, and please don't keep it from them thinking that you don't want to burden them with your stuff. Because that actually makes it worse. It makes it worse for you. It puts up a wall. Because just because you feel abandoned doesn't mean you are. But a, an abandoned person tends to want to isolate themselves and say, there must be a good reason that I'm feeling this way. I must be offensive to the people that love me 
and and I don't want to spread my disease, my my the way I'm thinking, the way I'm feeling to others. I don't want to trouble them with this, so I'm going to keep it in. But do the opposite of that. Share it openly with people that you trust. Your wife, your 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 uh, your pastor, your priest, a uh, 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 counselor, uh, a best friend, somebody that knows you and loves you and that you can trust. Uh, and tell them what's going on. And just talking about it releases the chemicals in your brain that you need to feel better. It doesn't last forever. It's not the solution, but it is a path. It is a step down the right path. And that path is healing because one of the biggest things that changes this, these feelings is time. Um, as you go and as you struggle and as you go forward, uh, time does change everything. And what feels like a big, giant, hairy deal right now will not hurt as bad six months from now, a year from now, two years from now. Um, what we leave behind is always less than what we are looking forward to in the future. Uh, C.S. Lewis said something to that effect, and I'm butchering it, but he says, um, whatever, whatever you leave behind, the things that we're reaching forward are always better. Mm-hmm. They're always better. And, and that is so true. But when we are in heartache, when we are feeling down and depressed, when we're feeling alone, the future always seems like it's going to be a worse version of what we're going through right now. And you always imagine the future as if you're dealing with it by yourself. That's the way your brain tricks you. You don't even realize you're doing it, but you think of about the future as if you're handling it all in your current state and you're doing it all alone. That's why you have to get people around you that can help and understand that you can talk to, that you can let them know how you're doing and, um, and, and they're not necessarily going to fix it, but they will at least understand. And being understood is more important than almost anything else. Yeah, I was going to say, um, probably, like, I don't know, we've been through some pretty rough things here and there um, in the course of our life, in the course of our marriage. And yeah. the worst thing that I've gone through is being alone, not the thing that happened. Meaning, like, you, you think about the most, you know, a terrible tragedy that would happen in your life. Um, but that terrible tragedy is what it is. You're going to have to walk through it. You're going to suffer. But worse than that is if you walk through that terrible tragedy by yourself. I mean, think about like, think about being, you could only be on one island for the rest of your life and there were no people on that island. And think about that. Think about your life like that. And then change that around to you're on this island, the island, you know, your, your situation is no different, but there's one other person or your wife is there with you. How much better, like the, the situation the, yeah. changes instantly. Yeah. I mean, or, you know, think about like you, you fell down into a cave and you're by yourself stuck in a cave or you fell down into a cave, you both fell down into a cave and at least you have each other to talk to, you know, it's, 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 it's just, for some reason we are, we are so made to be around other people. So the worst you can do is isolate yourself. You're actually doing more harm than whatever put you in the depression. Right. And that's the thing is, is struggle does isolate you and it isolates you because it wants to make you struggle more. 
And it's funny, you just said it, that there's the thing that happens to you and then there's how that thing makes you feel and that thing and how it makes you feel can be worse than what happened to you. Mm-hmm. So don't let it get that to that point. Talk to someone, let this stuff out. And if you need professional help, there is no shame in it. There's a lot of shame. If you feel like it is, I, I used to be extremely ashamed to seek help. I felt like I was less uh, than intelligent. I felt like I was screwed up. I felt like I was messed up when my, uh, when I was diagnosed with bipolar depression and anxiety Um, now I have no shame. I have nothing to lose. And I was an idiot for putting it off so long because if I had a heart condition, I would have gone to the doctor. If I was, uh, bleeding out of my eyes, I would have gone to the emergency room, but bleeding out of my heart, (laughs) you know, uh, and my mind, uh, being messed up. I, I thought I could fix it myself. I thought there was something wrong with me that I needed to hide, that I needed to isolate. And you're right. You feel alone. It isolates you. It makes you stew in your own mess. And before you know it, um, the, the crap you're going through is nothing compared to what actually uh, happened in the first place. So, um, I, again, we're at a loss because we don't know what the recent events were. But I, in my personal opinion, it's better to have the kind of depression that is brought on by things than it is to have the kind that is brought on by your biological makeup because uh, it's treatable. Everybody gets better from it. And once you learn to deal with and trace down and chase down those feelings and find out what it is that's making you feel that way, your brain can shut those switches off and say, you know what? There's no reason. Oh, it's that. I, I don't need to feel this way about that. But you do need to talk about it out loud. You need to hear yourself say it. There is something magical about talking about it. Well, and and I would say kind of along those lines is he starts it off. It is a he, right? Uh, Steve, I hope so. Steve. Okay, we'll assume Steve is a he. So it says, lately I've been feeling as if I'm alone, but I know I'm not. You know, and he capitalized no as if like, and, and what you're saying is you feel one way. Right. And the facts of your life say something different. And especially if you're not talking about it, you can't convince feelings to be logical. Right. I mean, you can never turn, I I don't know, it's something I've struggled with in my life, especially. It's like, I shouldn't feel this way. And you got to stop like, I shouldn't feel this way. It's like, I do feel this way. And and I need to deal with that. And I need to find out why. Yeah, and and it could be even something that your current events have triggered a childhood feeling, mm-hmm. um, and that has more of a you know your brain is wired as a child to to deal with things a certain way, to feel things a certain way, and it's so ingrained in you and your personality you don't even know how to recognize it. And and when you're a child, you're hopeless and helpless, and you feel that way. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times, if those feelings are from your childhood, you will feel uh, out of control and feel helpless and hopeless even as an adult. Uh, so it's very important to talk to someone and find out and chase down those uh, those stray feelings and find out why you're feeling the way you are. Uh, and if it's tied to something in your past, there really is uh, a lot of sense in, in talking it out and talking to a counselor or something like that. And not just calling a podcast, but we're glad you did. Uh, 
<laughs> we're, we're the best. We're the best. And Unfortunately, we only have a tiny bit of information and yeah. we, yeah. No, but I, I mean, I think all those truths hold. It's just, yeah, we can't, we can't walk you through the, the nuts and bolts of this to get you better. Um, right. Like a counselor can but, and is trained to do. But we can kick your butt in the right direction. Yes. And that? I would say start with talking to your wife. I uh, just say that as a wife. So. Yes. Yeah. Let your wife know why, why you're Cause feeling. Because I'll tell you, she knows something's up. She knows you don't, you're not feeling yourself. It, she may not know what to do about it, but and you're, it, gonna you're f- not going to bring her information that she hasn't at least suspected. Right. So. And bringing her in on it, uh, it helps her. So yeah. if you if you if you can't do it for yourself and for your own good, do it for her good. Okay. All right. Well, that is our show for this week. Um, I want to thank uh, the following people for leaving us uh, reviews on iTunes. Uh, TG Horse and Galaxy Cat Lover Five. I'm sure those aren't the names your parents gave you, but they're your usernames on iTunes, and we thank you for your reviews. Uh, those kind of things help. Send your questions or topic suggestions to james at nlcast.com. And uh, I guess we'll see you guys later. Thanks, Jen, for doing the show with me. I appreciate it. Thanks, James. And uh, again, the website is we'rebothright.com. And we don't have a patron account or anything like that. So you don't have to give us money or anything. But uh, but if you want to give us money, you can send a check to me. Wow. Oh, sorry. Uh, but uh, t- if you say you do have a question, if you have a topic suggestion, if you have something you'd like to hear us talk about, jamesnlcast.com. Thank you.